Hello out there, everyone, and happy Friday. Thank God it's Friday, as some would say, although it's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. ICYMI, which is in case you missed it, SMB stands for small and medium-sized business. I've been engaged with SMBs in various capacities for the last 20 years now, and I hope you guys uh, have been really feeling the SMB love here on Fridays at talkradio.myc. You got Tommy D on philanthropy and focus before me, Jeremiah Fox on the entrepreneurial web, and Joseph Franklin McElroy on wise content creates wealth. Speaking of feeling the love, I wanted to thank my good friend, Marilyn Gibbs. She was a guest on the show a few months back. Marilyn and her team at Assistance for Hire. They gave me and the show some really nice love on LinkedIn this week. Really, really appreciate that. Over the last two decades, I've noticed that some of the best thought leadership for SMBs actually happens on Friday when we feel the freedom of the weekend coming, but we're so anxious to start the weekend that these crucial pearls of wisdom, they're very often overlooked and they're forgotten in favor of our fun weekend activities. On Always Friday, we take advantage of that weekend freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics that are on the minds of SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. Aside from being a play on words for my last name, uh, Fry actually means free in German. So the name of the show is not just a play on words, goes right along with that weekend freedom feeling. I've got some shades on. I don't know about you guys. It's been a hell of a week. I could definitely use a cocktail. But before we get there, let's get this party started on Always Friday. So today, Today's topic of discussion is opportunities with franchises for 2021. There is some historical evidence that shows that when we're dealing with a macro event on global or national scale, that tends to impact the workforce in the U.S., the world of franchising actually gains some momentum. After months of forced closures and record high unemployment, the U.S. is ready for an economic recovery. Opportunities in the franchising world might just be part of the solution. Many of the people that are currently looking for work, they have management experience, they have technology skills, they're accustomed to life at the top end of the salary spectrum. These are the types of people that want to be in business for themselves. But at this point in their careers, do they really want to build something from scratch? High likelihood they don't. So there's two ways to really do anything in this life. You can reinvent the wheel and do it your way, or you can plug into a system that's already working. The franchise world gives ambitious entrepreneurs the system that they need to get moving. If you want to pursue franchising as either a franchisee or a franchisor, it is best practice to work with a franchise consultant. My special guest today is not only a franchise consultant, he's been a franchisee himself. In addition, he has worked directly for a franchisor, giving him great perspective from both sides of the table. While we're on talkradio.nyc, we don't want this to just be talk. The goal here is let's use the insight on the SMB landscape, take it, and create more impact with it on Monday morning. Far too often, SMBs are focused on the product, the magic wand, the shiny new mousetrap that's going to solve their problems. In my travels, products change every single day in every other facet of our lives, both personal and business. No substitute for surrounding yourself with the right people first. Keep focus on the process that's going to help you achieve your goals. As long as you do that, the right products will present themselves when you need them. Everything begins and ends with the people. So in the spirit of surrounding yourself with the right people, we have a great show for you here today. Our special guest is Frank Bailey business and franchise consultant. Frank is an independent consultant specializing in franchise businesses, but certainly not limited to only working with franchisors or franchisees. His experience owns includes owning and operating franchise small group fitness centers, as well as an executive within the franchise brand. He's worked with franchisors of concepts across different industries, including fitness, entertainment, brick and mortar food, mobile food trucks, environmental drainage, janitorial, and more. Frank always begins with an exploratory call to determine the exact needs and build a custom proposal around how he can make the most immediate, substantial, and positive impact possible for the business. Frank is ultra passionate about working with new entrepreneurs and brands to help them avoid the pitfalls that many uh, franchise folks and new business owners tend to fall into, but really try to set them up for long-term, long-term success. Frank's unique experience makes him a very effective guide and partner through the franchise wilderness in 2021. He is absolutely the most ideal person to to discuss the topic here today. We're also going to get to my favorite three questions, as always, who's your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? And what is your favorite musical instrument? 
and the artist who plays it. Before we get to that fun later in the program, we'll sit out by my fire pit for just a second and tell a little bit of a story here. I love the concept of franchising. My family owned one years ago, uh, early 90s, during the boom of the indoor playground phenomenon. So Discovery Zone, Chuck E. Cheese, McDonald's Play Place, et cetera. You know, it was, it was a great experience for me to see very early on, you know, how you can really scale a concept by looking at the franchising world. A lot of people, you know, look at it as a particular product that's been very successful and it's you're buying into a product and get the product out there. But the value with franchising lies almost completely with the people in the process. You surround yourself with the good people like Frank as a franchise consultant, but also the system is what you're purchasing with the franchise approach. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can plug into something that really is up and running and working already. Franchises are hot right now, and they are likely to increase in popularity the longer that we deal with pandemic living and things like corporate downsizing. People are looking for opportunity. In some cases, it's a secret desire that they've been kicking around for a long time. And you know, although the world's a little topsy-turvy right now, the timing may never be better for some of these folks that are you know, in some type of stale job or even been downsized from a stale job to really get into the world of franchising. You know, and also folks that have had really successful local businesses, maybe it's time for them to look at becoming a franchisor and making their own model. In any case, all of these are relevant topics around what we're, you know, what we're here to discuss today. I wanted to reference a couple of things. I've, I've read a whole lot of articles in, the, in recent months about franchising. There was one from Entrepreneur Magazine that I wanted to reference from the January 2021 issue. It said, why the franchise industry will boom in 2021. It was written by a gentleman named Mark Seibert, a magazine contributor, but also a franchise consultant himself. He said, many of the people currently looking for work, they have management experience and technology skills, and they're accustomed to life at the top end of the salary range. You know, they want to be in business for themselves again, but it's yeah, do they really want to build this from scratch like we were just discussing? Usually not. With labor what it is, it should come as no surprise that the franchise industry has experienced strong lead generation through the pandemic. Again, lead generation, demand generation, all those fancy marketing terms, you know, really starts, you have to get really revolved around engagement ultimately, right? I would expect many more franchisees will emerge in the coming months. Those who've really been waiting for a bright, uh, light at the end of the COVID tunnel or those that kept, were kept afloat by government programs, they're realizing they can no longer hold out for a return to normal. Soon they'll begin looking for new ways to secure future, be their own boss, and with franchising, they might just find that quick path to profitability. What about getting these people qualified? In normal times, many interested parties fail to give up the cash they need to go into business for themselves. In the upcoming years, likely to be less of a problem. When entrepreneurs consider opening their own franchise operations, they'll find capital easy to come by. Stock market has been on a 10-year run, although it's been a brutal couple of days. Uh, many Americans have acquired serious wealth in the form of home equity. In September, the Federal Reserve signaled that interest rates would remain close to zero for at least the next couple of years. And the recently passed CARES Act frees up money that's traditionally been locked away in retirement accounts. Uh, investors can now draw up to $100,000 from their IRAs and 401ks without penalty. Not saying that that's necessarily a good idea to do that, but it is accessible. You can do it nowadays. With qualified finance franchisees appearing in droves, the next challenge will be to find viable real estate for franchise expansion. That will also prove to be easier than ever. The sad truth is that the recent economic downturn has forced a huge number of businesses to vacate. We're anticipating that more than 100,000 closures in the restaurant industry alone, and many of those will be neighborhood joints and mom and pop types of shops. Franchisees that require a brick and mortar presence will find a plum selection of empty shelves in prime locations, and the bargain prices will make it even easier to secure bank financing. Yeah, potential big, serious franchise boom coming now, but the factors that doomed business before COVID will continue to pose challenges. Poor planning, careless management, bad locations, limited vision can always doom a company just today just as quickly as ever. Franchises looking to ride the growth wave, they'll need to have really strong systems in place, and you need to partner with the right people to get those. To prepare now 
begin recruiting reliable investors, franchisers. They should run a full-scale evaluation on strategic planning, operations, documentation, site selection, marketing, and franchisee profiling. Recruitment messaging should explain how the franchisor supported its franchisees and and adapted operations during one of the most difficult periods on record. Management should not be can should be candid about shortcomings and examples of improvement within the system. It won't be enough to just generate leads. You'll need to show franchisee success as well. But in time, the growth will come. The franchises that benefit the most will be the ones that enter the arena with strong franchise operations and an expansion strategy that allows for aggressive action. It's always important to have a healthy system in place to deliver positive returns for both the franchisor and the franchisee, but failing to do so now could result in missing out on a once in a lifetime growth opportunity. I thought this article was extremely relevant. There is a book that Frank tends to recommend for all folks that are considering franchisees, being a franchisee or a franchisor that I wanted to draw some attention to. I have not read it just yet, but I did take a look at some excerpts on it and it did seem pretty exciting and a great reference for folks that want to become part of the franchising world. The book's called Grow Smart, Risk Less like by Shelley Sun. You know, chapter one goes into, is your concept franchise worthy? You have a great local business. You know you have a product or service that your customers want. Eventually, there comes a point where you begin to wonder how to reach more customers. The traditional approach involves raising capital to allow you to open more locations. True, this approach can grow your brand and allow you to reach more customers, but it also means that expanding your business is all up to you. You'll be securing and signing for the debt or outside equity and ultimately signing on the dotted line, taking on the increased risk of expansion. Another avenue for achieving growth in revenues and customers with more limited capital and potentially less risk is through franchising. Though many business owners do not consider it, franchising is a great vehicle to help you reach more customers, promote your brand, and increase your visibility and credibility as a brand. Franchising provides a method for expansion through which you are able to grow smartly by increasing revenues at a steady rate with franchisees that are hand-selected to be ambassadors for your brand. So along the same lines of what we've been discussing already, uh, seemed like a great read. Again, I want to get into it myself. We're going to get into learning a little bit about uh, Frank Bailey and his business model. I saw this picture online just this morning, and I had to throw it in there. It says, be brave enough to suck at something new. And I thought that was the perfect type of mindset to kick off the show here today. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back with Frank Bailey business and franchising consultant. Stay with us. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Innings. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. 
We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're going to be talking with my good friend, Frank Bailey, business and franchise consultant here in just a moment. Uh, just to, you know, kind of kick things off here. You know, the, the book that I was just referencing, Grow Smart, Risk Less, you know, says there's a couple of things you have to have in place structurally here. You have to understand the industry. You have to understand the competition. So you have to understand what kind of demand there is for the products and services. You have to understand what kind of interest there is from other potential franchisees, but most important, you have to really build a solid business model. And that I think is a good way to kick things off with Frank. So Frank, pleasure to have you here, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. These types of conversations, just so you know, are the ones I tend to get the most fired up about. And let me just say that I'm a big fan about the idea of, you know, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And these little cartoons that you have on your website, frankbailey.com, are awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where you want to tell a story, but I don't necessarily want to do the acting. So it was a good fit. <laughs> yeah, right there with you. And, you know, I, I think back to a lot of the you know, trusted advisor types of folks that I work with, you know, especially when you talk about, you know, doing some business with financial advisors and insurance brokers and all of that, you know, financial advisors, a lot of times they're trying to be the next big economist, but they can have just as big of an impact, if not more of an impact, instead of writing a long article every week, every month, every quarter, by just having a cartoon or a short video done for them. Yeah, it's true. What was that? A minute long or a minute, five seconds, but it's, concisely tells you who I am, what I do, and why you should talk to me. I love it. Absolutely. So on that happy note, this is the method part of our program, Frank. So the method part is, you know, what do you do? How do you do it? How do you go to market for it? Love what you do. And I can't wait for you to get into it. Being an advocate, you know, for SMBs through the franchising world with the experience as a franchisee and a franchisor, lay it on us. What do you do? How do you do it? How do you go to market for it? Sure. So what do I do? So I niche down to really work ideally with franchisors who are either just beginning to franchise their concept because they have a good idea and it deserves to grow, or the man or woman who has already franchised their concept and they have what's known in the industry as an FDD, the nice thick contract that they have to have in order to be a franchisor, but don't know what to do with it. And I like to lend my experience to those individuals to be able to help them know what to do with it, how to go to market with it, and how to ultimately attract franchisees and grow their brand. That's definitely the bulk of what I do. That's what I enjoy doing the most by far. As you said in part of the opening, I'm extremely passionate about working with newer entrepreneurs or newer franchisors. Uh, having worked with a brand from zero to 70 plus units, I know so many of the mistakes that commonly get made. and they're expensive and costly and time-consuming and many other adjectives. So I, I love nothing more than to serve in a purpose where I, I can help to avoid all of those things. And it's just, it's very rewarding for me. Absolutely. I want to go back for a second to the FDD, the franchise disclosure document. You know, I don't know how many folks listening to the show out there have actually seen one of those, but usually it's like the size of a phone book and it's a lot of effort to go into designing one of them. But I'm 100% with you on what you said. It's not enough to just get a product like an FDD designed. Yeah. You have to be able to geek translate it to people so they understand the finer points of why they should go with you. No doubt about it. One of the advantages of having an FDD, if you're a prospective franchisee, is that franchising as an industry is highly regulated by the Federal Trade Commission. So 
franchisors have to be really stringent about what they do with their financials. They have to be really tight about commitments that they make contractually to franchisees. They have to make good on their word, right? So uh, while it might be scary sometimes to have someone drop a 150-page document on you, it's actually as intimidating as it may be, it's a huge benefit to somebody who's coming into business that is entrepreneurial, but not necessarily an entrepreneur. <laughs> so I get nervous when it comes from the court of law or from an attorney when it's a 150 page document that gets dumped on your desk. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you initiated it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. In a positive way, mind you. Yep. So that's, you know, being part of something that went from zero to 70 plus units, like, you know, that's, that's probably gives you some crazy, crazy perspective. And there's a lot of folks out there that are looking to do exactly that. But, you know, very often I see them and I'm sure you do as well. I see them jumping the gun and trying to get to the 70, 100, 200 units before they've really figured out how to make the most out of the first two to five. Do you see the same? Absolutely. So you said something earlier that made me take a note here uh, when you were referencing Shelley's book, because there's a term that I like to speak to new franchisors about it. In the franchising industry, it's the acronym ULE, and it stands for Unit Level Economics. And basically what that means is your franchise brand isn't worth its weight unless your franchisee can make money. You have to have good unit level economics, right? And when you have that, the, the rest of it can be figured out. And I'm not saying you should franchise your business if you're completely disorganized, but you can implement systems after the fact if you have a legitimate system that produces a return on its investment for the franchisee. So ULE before all else, I believe. I think that's a great mantra. And it brings me back to something that I didn't even talk about in my little story portion is, you know, I was at the precipice of doing my own type of franchise or model about 11 years ago. And it, it was it was something I was very excited about. And probably the biggest life lesson I took away from it was don't partner with somebody who has a narcissistic personality where it's all about them and they have to be the genius that brings the magic because it goes against the core value that you just said of ULE, the franchisee, somebody who comes in off the street that doesn't have your knowledge, your experience and your wherewithal, they have to be able to do it. Yeah. They have to be able to take your system and duplicate it and get a return for sure. And it's, it's something that again, like when people look at, this type of world, if it's not just enough to have a good idea that can be translated into an, a kick-ass product or service, that's a one-off. It's, if it's all dependent on one person to wave the magic wand, you don't have a franchisable concept. That's right. And as you said, that's one of Shelley's opening comments in that book. And it's definitely a good read for anybody who's thinking about franchising their brand. Your brand has to be duplicatable. You have to do it well yourself. And I would even argue that you probably even need to do it well yourself more than once, right? Because it's one thing to have lightning strike. It's another to have it strike twice. So, you know, you want to see that you can duplicate it yourself with your own knowledge and expertise. And if that's the case, then you should be able to teach it to somebody. But, but yes, having a replicatable system is truly the definition of a franchise. And that's why franchises are marketable to the people, like you mentioned before, that displaced corporate America person that, as you said, falls into the category of people that enjoy a salary at the higher end of the spectrum, but haven't been able to recover just yet. A franchise could very well be a great opportunity for them if it's the right franchise. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt about it. And I, I do agree with, um, you know, the, th the thoughts and sentiment out there that there's going to be nothing but growth, you know, based on what's happening out there right now. Talk to us a little bit about the method behind the exploratory call that you guys go through with, with new potential clients, whether they're, you know, on, on either side of the table, franchisor, franchisee, like, you know, what kind of things do you go over some of the key points and what really cues your ear for, you know, either, wow, let's really d dive into the next level or run like the wind away. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, you know, it's funny that you ended your statement that way. Cause I will say that I have a certain amount of moral and value to me where I don't, really align myself to brands that I don't believe have legs. So if I'm talking to a franchisor and I'm just getting the impression that they're hoping to grab a couple of units and make a royalty and, and run away without the intention of really helping the franchisee to win, those brands aren't going to make it. Uh, I'm fortunate that that happens extremely rarely, if ever, but 
Uh, I only really want to align myself to brands that I get the feeling that they're in it for their franchisee and they're going to get a return because of that. Not that they're going to get a return because they're going to have franchisees. It's got to, got to be in the right direction. So, I mean, in that initial call, I, I basically sit back and listen. I ask questions. I do as good of a job as I possibly can to do a lot less talking and a lot more listening. I feed the client with some questions that I might want to understand about their brand, whether it be simple logistic things like how many units did you have? When did you begin franchising? Things like that up to, you know, more broad questions like what are your pain points? What keeps you up at night? What are the things that limit you from having what you want right now? What are your goals? And as I start to hear the exact tone of voice impact that I'm looking to get out of somebody when I ask the right question, that's usually where I'll dial in. And I'll be honest, since my niche and really what I enjoy most are new franchisors, people that either have zero units or one to two, undeniably, that pain point is always sales. They, they want to sell more franchises. <laughs> everybody wants sales. Everybody wants distribution. Everybody wants revenue. But I, I like what you said about the brand really needing legs. And it's something that you need to identify with. It almost like, you know, although we're talking about franchising and being your own boss, so to speak, I think about the corporate world where, you know, the mantra of train your people so they can leave but treat them so they never do. That's an important one. And it's when you're trying to affiliate with a good franchisor, it, it almost feels like it might even be more important. No doubt about it. When um, one of the things that I've done for several brands now, and I've really gotten a lot of personal fulfillment out of this, and I hope we're given the opportunity to talk to one specifically throughout the show, because I've got some particularly strong success to share about one brand, but um I put together what I call a franchise sales development package and a franchise sales development package is sort of like visualize a really well wrapped Christmas present that you hand to somebody. And even just the way that it looks is impressive. Like they're excited to open it just because of the way that it was wrapped and the way that the bow was tied on it. So selling a franchise is a complex investment and anyone who is listening that understands the concept of long cycle sales knows that that's going to be a series of conversations. There's got to be education. There's going to be objections. There's going to be concerns, all of the things that you would expect when someone's making a significant investment. So if a franchise brand that I'm working with is interested in selling units, I spend a significant amount of time with them crafting a sales development plan that helps them to highlight aspects of their brand that are valuable, why it's franchisable, why it's marketable, and also to be honest, I understand the psychology of a franchisee enough to know what they need to hear because I, I know people have concerns. They've never opened a business before. Maybe they've managed people before, but never been responsible for the payroll bill. There, there's different predictable objections, if you will, that I help franchisors build into their sales process to build value. But I will say this, never in a way that's deceiving. It, it's truly just highlighting things about the brand that are valuable to a prospective franchisee. Absolutely. And you will definitely get the opportunity right after this commercial break to share some of those success stories and how you get the five-star type of rating and thumbs up that you do. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Frank Bailey, business and franchise consultant. Stay with us. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. back to always friday with me Stephen fry your smb guy we're talking with my good friend frank bailey business and franchise consultant we're going to get a little deeper into the madness of frank's life so frank this is more of the artistic observational part of the show stories that you have no subject too taboo things that you've seen out there and i get excited more and more about this because you know i'm talking with financial advisors or professional service folks and all that you know we always got to say we don't want to compromise client confidentiality and i same thing would apply here but you know some of the folks that you've had great success with we definitely want to hear all about that so you know tell us a little bit about what you've seen out there you know in the past as of late there's got to be a lot of stories that you're taking home with you. Sure. No doubt. We were talking before about sort of that exploratory call. And I will say that I'm going to actually almost take back something I said before, where undeniably every brand wants more sales. That's true. But sometimes people are a little bit more realistic. I'll quickly share with you about a brand that I engaged with immediately after they sold their first franchise. So they had two company-owned locations, both very successful. They're here in New Jersey. Uh, The brand is called The Juice House. It's a healthy food concept, a really exciting brand. And they engaged with me right after they sold their first franchise because they were in that position, like I mentioned earlier, where they had the 150-page document. And in this particular case, they they were able to get it signed once, (laughs) but uh, didn't necessarily have a plan for what to do with that franchisee from that point forward. So the early parts of my engagement, we started to structure the brand in a much more organized way. And they're, they're really happy. And they're actually set to open that first franchise either next month or early May, which, which I'm really excited for them. They'll build a royalty stream. They'll create a nice return on investment for that franchisee. And it's, it's a true win-win. So that's cool. On the sales side, I work with another brand called Donut Envy. They're down in Florida, actually, They have units in Pennsylvania that they already had in place when I met them. And their initial call was all about, we want to grow, we want to grow, we want to grow. Extremely nice married couple, Alex and Amanda are the founders of the brand. And they literally started by making donuts. It was a mobile operation. They were originally setting up in like an outlet mall with this donut trailer and basically in not so many words printing money on people with lemonade and and donut sales and they franchised the concept duplicated it a couple times there you go nice socks man just for you just for me so they sold a couple units and then in a way almost froze and with with those guys i helped them to piece together a, a new sales development program along the lines of what i was saying in the last segment And I worked with them specifically on that one process in the months of November and December. And I'm I'm really, really proud of them and proud of my work in their February Discovery Day. Discovery Day, for those listening who aren't as familiar, that's sort of like where the franchise sales process comes to a head. That's like the very end of the process where all parties meet and kind of make sure that they're still interested in doing business together. But they, they awarded two units last month, and that's huge. So I'm 
I'm really proud of them. That'll be their first two mobile operations down in Florida and, you know, a great success story for them and the future business owners that will operate those units. I think it's a phenomenal story. And, you know, I like that you have such a high concentration on sales process. It's so, so important. You know, very often I see the process being ready, fire, aim, and that's, that's no way to really scale something. So bravo to you for really getting, you know, folks armed and ready to scale appropriately. I have to almost give a little bit of thanks to a past employer. When I was 17, I started working for Best Buy, a big, you know, the, the blue and yellow retailer. And, uh, you know, work in retail has its ups and downs. But if Best Buy does any one thing well, those Best Buy people who are listening, you give incredible sales training. And I parlayed that into multiple different aspects of my business life now. But structuring sales programs, I, I really enjoy that. Absolutely. And it's, again, it's, it's just, again, classic important discussion where sales, revenue, quota attainment, when you look in corporate America, it has a very product type of stigma around it. It's a result. It's a, it's a, it's a product discussion. And far too often, the, the surrounding yourself with the right people and knocking out the kick-ass sales process is overlooked in favor of, let's just get the money. Let's just get the product. Let's just get the next deal. Let's just get the next deal. Let's just get the next deal. I hear that focused on so much. It's like, well, before you focus on the next deal, why don't you figure out how to learn from the first couple of things that you started doing and really harness it and make the next deal better and better and better and better. Yes, for sure. I couldn't agree more. So what else have like nowadays, you know, going along with the idea that, you know, unemployment is a little, you know, steep right now, just because people are getting let go, corp companies are downsizing, they haven't been to the office in about a year now. You know, what types of requests and people coming out of the woodwork? I had this conversation with you two years ago, and I want to pick it up again. Do you see any of that happening where people are just starting to get that fire of, you know what, now is the time, it just has to be now? Yeah. So when you're in the franchise world, you familiarize yourself with all different ways to attract prospective franchisees, right? And there's different ways to do that. Business brokers, what are known as franchise portals, marketing agencies, all these different places where you can go to put your brand out there and and attract leads. And I will say that today versus let's say 18 months ago, the cost to attract a franchise candidate has definitely gone down. That's attributed to a couple of things. One, I think less franchisors are advertising, which if you are a franchisor and you're listening listening to this, that's a mistake. You should be advertising. This is a good year to do this. But I understand, you know, when revenue goes down, you have to start trimming expenses and growth of the brand is one of the things that gets sacrificed. But trust me, I, I believe that's a safe investment these days. So cost to acquire or prospective franchisees has gone down. And yeah, you definitely have seen some people who were once interested in a brand, perk back up and say, hey, maybe I need to take this a little bit more seriously now. I think the perfect way to put it, and I'll be candid, the corporate America person who got laid off with a six-figure salary, they're just pissed off. They don't want that to happen to themselves again. They want to take matters into their own hands. Like you said, there's been regulation changes around what people can do with retirement accounts now. And there's access to money and people should be leveraging OPM, other people's money, to figure out a way to to open a business. Your retirement account obviously is not OPM, but the, you know, the SBA is loaning money and there are access to capital available if someone needs. Yeah, there's a hundred percent. So the idea of folks, they need to advertise just to go back to that for a second. You know, one thing that, you know, we referenced earlier and that I see day in and day out is that, you know, folks are, are focused on the lead and demand generation side of things where they spend money kind of, it's again, it seems like more of a product, you know, kind of Hail Mary that people throw up there and it's just like, yeah, let me spend money here. Let me spend money here. Let me search engine optimization, this market, this, you know, campaign, ad roll this. And a lot of times it results in, you know, some type of lead and demand generation. Very often there's not much behind it though. And I, I attribute that again to, not really networking with the right people and not executing a really clear process. A lot of times it just looks like haphazard, random shotgun spray of, of marketing and advertising. Do you see the same? I do. It's actually interesting the way you put that, because if I'm working with a brand on 
lead generation, sales, anything in that realm. I'll always tell people that when you start to advertise, we want to advertise on a lower budget because I want to test the efficacy of the sales process that we've built together. I want to see that I can move somebody from step one to step two to step three, all the way down the sales funnel, right? And I don't want you to dump all of your potential budget over the next six months too soon if we need to make some tweaks to that process. But yeah, there's there's definitely, when there's no sales process, you have a lower sales conversion rate. That's kind of sales 101, I would say. You have yep. to have a, a very effective way to move people through your funnel. Uh, sales 101, some aspects of it, sales 201, but I am routinely shocked and appalled by folks that have been in and around sales and business development for decades that, that still don't don't really see it. They use metrics-driven data, a lot of times the product of, of random types of efforts with not necessarily much rhyme and reason behind it. You know, the only thing they have to go on is that somebody engaged with it somewhere along the way at some point, and hey, maybe we should talk to them. Yeah, it worked once. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's, it's funny. It's like, you know, going back to, we talk about 401ks and financial services here and there. It's like, you know, the, the, the first financial disclosure that most financial professionals will have a new client sign says, past performance is not indicative of future results. And yet many folks out there execute business models that fall right into that trap. Yeah, it's true. I'm sure you've seen some things like that along the way. You know, what else, you know, given the time and place that we're in with the pandemic, you know, I've seen a few particular types of industry niches pick up steam. What are some of the ones that you've seen really like start to gain more momentum than they ever have before as a result of this macro event? Yeah, so I would say that some of the most desirable brands today are ones that have the lowest potential risk. So brands that don't require a brick and mortar leasehold. I'm not saying they won't sell. I just think that a prospective franchisee probably needs a much higher tolerance for risk and a lot more convincing to engage in a brand like that, as opposed to something that's more portable. So service businesses, the donut envy concept is a great one because there's no leasehold. Portable, but by all means are, are certainly more desirable and more marketable these days. And also generally the investment level on those are lower than that of brick and mortar businesses. Yeah, I think that's a great point, especially you know, given the pandemic. And it was kind of heading this way anyway. People like things brought straight to them, as evidenced by things like Uber and whatnot. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with Frank Bailey, business and franchise consultant on Always Friday. Stay with us. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're talking with my good friend, Frank Bailey, business and franchise consultant. And uh, if you guys like this type of discussion, I would stay with talkradio.myc for the 12 o'clock show, bound to get some pearls of wisdom from uh, Jeremiah Fox on the entrepreneurial web. And Frank, I was thinking we, we probably should have arranged this so that you could have just been a guest right on Jeremiah's show right after me. Maybe we'll work that out in the future. This is uh, definitely uh, relevant, right? No doubt. <laughs> so Frank, this is the message part of our show here today. You know, the whole idea, we want to have some weekend insight to make some Monday impact. You know, what should listeners take away from this? What can they do on Monday along the lines of what we've been discussing here that will really help their end game? Give everybody some wisdom into the weekend. Sure. So I think we have a couple of different buckets. And I think before we, you and I decided to get on the show together, I told you I, I put people from an opportunities perspective into one of three buckets. So bucket number one is the small business operator who has been doing a good job of navigating COVID and has not only survived, but has thrived and has a good scalable business. That person should be seriously considering franchising. If you were able to handle COVID with Little or no friction. I mean, I don't know if that's even possible, but if you were able to get through it, I believe that your business is not only strong enough, but scalable. So I think you should consider looking into franchising to grow your revenues and give yourself the opportunity to make an even better living than you are currently. That's bucket number one. Bucket number two are people that have the 150 page FDD that either did it and then kind of lost their confidence, lost their steam, haven't sold a unit, maybe sold one kind of think now isn't the time. I want to shift the mindset of that group because I really do believe that 2021 is the time. As you were reading that article in, in the beginning of the show, you were saying all of the things that I have been preaching to people. In fact, I published an article of my own that's going to hit the newswire in the, the next couple of days about Donut Envy, congratulating them on their sales, but really speaking to the reasons why I think that happened. You have the high unemployment rates, high vacancy rates in commercial real estate, access to capital, all of these things that are just leading towards pushing smart people towards taking control of their own destiny. And if you're in that bucket, then I think you should consider a franchise. And there's a lot of different ways you can do that. I'm one avenue, but I'm one of many. You can certainly look into franchise portals, something like Franchise Gator or America's Best Franchise, kind of go on and answer a couple of brief questions about your investment tolerance and how much time you want to wait before you open your business. And it'll show you different options that might potentially be a fit. But franchising really is a gift. It's a gift to the franchisor to be able to help someone who does not necessarily have the entrepreneurship and the idea thought process to start their own business, to get into business and vice versa. It's a gift to the franchisee to be able to not have to follow anyone else's rules. Well, not your boss's rules, at least. Franchises do have some confines to work within, but you be your own business, make your own schedule, determine how many hours you work, you structure your staffing model around how you want your business to serve your life. And that, that to me is just something that you can't just describe. If someone never experiences that, they'll never know just how free and, and better their life can be in the employment world. Yeah, no, I, th I think that's a very powerful message. And, you know, going back to mindset, mindset is is a very, very powerful thing. It's what's driving a lot of positive activity in, in an otherwise very negative and bleak world right now. And, you know, even, you know, some of the folks that are fit in those couple of different categories, they might be on the fence as to whether or not the franchise world and becoming their own business owner is something that, should be done during the pandemic and it's even like me starting this show months ago it's like should i do this like I, I have less time now than i've ever had before but the reality is the time has never been better to get a certain message out there the time has never been better to try to become your own boss if you have the right concept and the right audience to present it to you know there's there's evidence whether it's cleaning franchises or home improvement franchises or health and wellness franchises and i would agree with you being portable is definitely an advantage right now it's there's some serious, serious opportunity this year. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. The The concept of franchising, there's a fairly cliche term that gets thrown around a lot. It's to be in business for yourself, but not by yourself. It, it's cliche, but it's a fact, right? 
it's kind of like being able to own your own business while still having a very loosely interpretable boss. Like you have someone to answer to, but they don't manage you. They're just guiding and kind of helping to pave the way for you. It's it's a very unique situation to be in. But for a lot of people who, again, if you have that entrepreneurial spirit, but you're not an entrepreneur, you're not an idea crafter, franchising is perfect for you. No, I 100% agree. Frank, I, I can't tell you what a pleasure it's been to have you on today. Uh, before we wrap everything up officially, we're going to get back to my favorite three questions. Who was your favorite movie or TV show character? What is your favorite movie or TV show? And what is your favorite musical instrument and the artist who plays it? So I don't know if we got into this really yet, but you know, Frank is a black belt in Taekwondo. I always got a yeah, you know, I've had a lot of folks trained in martial arts that have been on my show in, the, in recent weeks. I got to be careful not to say anything to piss anybody off here. But uh, you know, his uh, favorite movie or TV show character is somebody from the UFC world. I haven't gotten too deep into the UFC world, but Frank loves martial arts. It's one of his favorite things to drown himself in television. But his favorite person to see on TV is Daniel Cormier. And that's that's you as Daniel, baby. Looking pretty badass. I would say so. <laughs> big and fights uh, tomorrow night man big fights if, if you need a an entree into ufc tomorrow night's a good night really oh yeah three three very big fights all right hold that thought now in case i didn't tell you i do like to join the guest uh in the pictures wherever i can so in the spirit <laughs> of us having an interview figured i'd interview you in the ring as well there you go you as joe rogan i love it <laughs> yeah you know when you're doing a live weekly show podcast type of thing it's nice little fantasy to have especially with that big ass contract that he got. But uh, yeah, just in general, I thought it'd be good to join you in the ring. So uh, that's Daniel getting on to the favorite movie. Uh, yours is escape room. And it's, you know, the movie you said is only okay, but it, you know, segues to actually talk about escape room. So you actually like it as a hobby. I hear. Oh my God. It's my girlfriend and I's favorite pastime. We've played a undisclosed number. It's a lot. It's several hundred of them across the country. I actually kind of, paid homage to it in my logo where my tagline is to unlock your potential, but I'll I'll make a really corny analogy here. That's hundred percent true. I believe that business is one gigantic puzzle and you've got to figure out a way to put that puzzle together in a way that helps you to get a return on your investment and escape rooms are in a giant puzzle and they're great for critical thinking minds. If you've never done one, definitely do one. I'll make this, take this as an opportunity to plug a brand that I work with. Exit four private escape rooms. They're a franchise concept here in New Jersey that I believe has legs. It's a lot of fun, uh, cool entertainment concept to potentially invest in. So yeah, the movie was okay, but the concept is amazing. I would agree. I, I believe I've only done one, but I, I love that type of stuff and I can't it's believe gorgeous. I've only done one. <laughs> like, crazy. <laughs> but you like a bunch of TV shows too, which I also want to make sure we hit here. You like South Park and like, you know, really who doesn't? You know, actually, I know my wife doesn't like South Park too much. I've watched a lot less of it since uh, you know we've been married for 12 years. But uh, it's always tough to put the guest face on two-dimensional cartoons. However, I did manage to get one in there. Actually, maybe two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> it's always tough, right? Like with the two-dimensional cartoons, even sometimes the three-dimensional ones are tough to get the face on. But uh, you've also uh, been a big fan of Ozark. Which uh, I actually, oh, that's that's that, that's a Shark Tank picture. Actually, let's yep. go to Shark Tank. Shark Tank, uh, you know, there's you as Mark Cuban. Let's do this. So, you know, you know along with the, the the Shark Tank type of discussion, you know, I I keep looking at Mister Wonderful for somebody like you, right? You know, it, it, it's really nice and easy to talk about. It's amazing. It's a great idea. But you know, getting into some of the folks that where something's not so amazing, it's like. You can't be as abrupt and brusque as, as as Mr. Wonderful is. Like you're a nut bar factor of ten, or where he goes, you're a complete bozo. It's like <laughs> how how do you how do you actually let people down easy with that? I didn't think Kevin O'Leary could get any more ugly, but wow, you you, uh, you served <laughs> to impress there. Wow, uh, you know you, you let people off gently. That that's the art of saying no, right? But uh, like I said, if if I'm talking to somebody and there's not alignment there, I'll, I'll just kind of gently exit stage left <laughs> absolutely yeah so um no that's that's great i said you know shark tank i i kind of pictured someone like you and i'm a big shark tank fan as well but 
I, f- I figured that it would be right up your alley. But, you know, going back, uh, you are a fan of Ozark as well. There's uh, a Mar- Marty and Wendy Bird for you. Uh, I only saw the first couple episodes. It's one of, on my list of things to get really deeper into. I uh, just haven't gotten there yet. And then uh, as far as the favorite musical instrument and your artist who plays it, you pick Dan Donegan from the band Disturbed. I wasn't yeah. able to get your face on there. I apologize. But, uh, you know, you, you've been listening to them for a long time since they made their album Stupefy. And it's not I haven't you know gotten into them at all, really. But uh, yeah, like it's any particular uh, any, you, you still listen to them. You're pretty into them all the time. If not for, uh, you know, COVID restricting it, I'd probably try to see him live every year. I did see him a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic uh, MSG. Actually, it was a killer show. But um yeah, no, it's funny. You might, you look at somebody, you never really can tell what their taste in music is, but ultimately like if I'm in the car by myself, just needing some mindless entertainment, I'll, I'll put on disturbed and no doubt about it. It's uh, it gets me pumped. I'm, I'm definitely about to be in the car by myself. I'm actually scheduled to go get the second shot this afternoon. So might be a brutal weekend of trying to sleep it off this weekend. But yeah, I, Frank, thank you once again for joining us here today. Great topic of conversation. Great information. You want to get in touch with Frank? I got his phone number here for you. Uh, FrankBailey.com. Website's up and running. Got some great stuff on there about Frank, you know, who he is, what he does, how he does it. You, you know, he is absolutely the man to reach out to if you've ever remotely considered franchising. So, Frank, thank you so much for joining me here today. Uh, Just a little teaser for next week. Coming up, we have understanding retirement plan rhetoric. When you're evaluating a service provider in the retirement plan space, it is important for your SMB to affiliate with one that is transparent, consistent, and honest. Unfortunately, not every provider in the marketplace, especially in financial services, exhibits these crucial character traits. While a lot of people are familiar with things like 401ks out there, you might not completely understand it. If you're an owner, manager, or employee, you could use some more clarification. We're going to be joined by Dr. Ronald Stair, principal at Creative Plan Designs, a third-party administrator that specializes in translating the complicated world of retirement plans to the point where the picture can be drawn with a crayon. Until then, I hope you guys got some weekend insight to make some Monday impact. Uh, Tune in once again Friday, 11 a.m. next week after Tommy D on Philanthropy and Focus and before Jeremiah Fox on the Entrepreneurial Web. Have a great weekend. We'll see you soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Steve. at www.talkradio.nyc now broadcasting 24 hours a day hey everybody it's tommy d the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic each week here on talkradio.nyc i host a program philanthropy and focus Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2 They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Do 
you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 